Hey guys, how's it going? I'm Mel from Mel Did It Herself, and I'm a social service worker turned furniture refinisher, DIYer, small business owner, and content creator. I've learned everything I know about these industries thanks to people who shared their knowledge on the internet, so I'm paying it forward by bringing you my tips, lessons learned, and sharing my journey in this space with you. So thank you so much for being here, being curious, and being a lifelong learner like me. Let's hop into it. Welcome, 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 my friends and fellow busy bees. Today, we are talking all about how to source furniture pieces for your makeovers, whether it's for yourself to keep in your home or to flip and sell in your business. Because truly, depending what it's like in your area, this could potentially be one of the hardest parts of your furniture flipping project, especially if you're on the lookout for very specific, very particular pieces or sizes for a space. But even if there is furniture aplenty in your area, let's talk about some of the places you might not have thought of to look for these pieces and some of the things you can keep an eye out for when doing so to make sure that you don't end up with a dud. The first few places are where you can find things for free because, well, free is always preferable whenever possible, especially when you're first starting out and really trying to keep your expenses low. Like I mentioned in episode number three, where we talked all about the steps for tackling your first ever furniture makeover. All right, so where are these places that I speak of that you can come across these free furniture pieces? Number one, curbside on garbage day. Honestly, just be shameless. Whatever. It's free. And if you're saving it from ending up in the landfill, all the better. People are putting these things out on the curb, especially when it's still in fine condition, in hopes that somebody will grab it and save it. Nobody will yell at you for taking it or anything like that, I promise you. I used to be so awkward when I would go by and see a piece sitting out. Like it kind of almost felt forbidden and like you were stealing it somehow, even though I knew I wasn't. But over time, trust me when I say that you will get used to it and in time will not give a shit. At the beginning, if you really feel that awkward, you can go around after it gets dark the night before garbage day when people are starting to put their stuff out so that like less people are looking at you if it makes you feel better. But just take the friggin' dresser if you see it sitting out, okay? Free is always better. Although I do have a caveat for this and for most of the options that we'll be going over actually. Anytime that you're assessing a piece from any of these avenues, make sure to give it a thorough look at from all angles. During this overview, you wanna assess if there's any damage that exceeds your capabilities or perceived capabilities. So depending on your skill level, that could include things like missing drawer slides, chipping veneer, missing or damaged backboard, or any structural repairs needed or just overall wobbliness. Take a look and see if these are things that are present and whether it's something that you'd be willing to tackle this time around. Because sometimes these are great learning opportunities, but other times they're the things that keep you feeling obligated to complete the project, even when it's being stubborn and difficult and frustrating you to no end. So you just need to decide if it's worth the risk or the time investment and if you're willing to put that into the piece. Another thing to do when you're looking it over is to take a good whiff and smell it. Any smells of cat pee, cigarettes, or any other harsh odors like um, mothball-y, musty smells too are something just to consider. Although you can typically remove or cover the majority of these stenches, it could bring either added time spent or product costs added. So again, you can do your cost-benefit analysis and decide if you want to salvage it. Another big thing to keep an eye out for is bugs. 
bugs of all kinds, really. I mean, you can definitely get rid of any cobwebs or stray spiders that might be hanging around. And if there is any, I definitely recommend getting rid of it before it goes into your vehicle. However, a big one that you want to absolutely keep an eye out for is bed bugs. I've worked in homeless shelters before, so unfortunately I am too familiar with those little guys. But if you don't know what they look like, I definitely recommend that you do a Google just to familiarize yourself because you really, really, really don't want to be bringing those into your life if you can avoid it. And if you do come across a piece of furniture, even if it's free and you think that there might be bed bugs in or on it, you have my permission to leave it. We still have standards here, people. Another thing that you can do too is if you find a piece, then you start looking at it and you know, you're giving it a closer eye and realize that it's maybe going to require a little bit more effort than you have the ability to give it right now is just to salvage the hardware. I know if you've been doing this for a while, you likely already have a sizable stash of old hardware from pieces you've refinished but have added new hardware to. And I might be biased, but I say let it grow, baby. There's always room for one more set of poles. Again, if the piece is sitting at the curb, it's destined for the landfill as it is. So if you can save the hardware from ending up there at least, I personally see nothing wrong with it. We're just bringing some new life to the old and unloved as we do. There's actually times when I'll go for a walk with like a coffee in the morning before work on a garbage day when I already know that my inventory is full of furniture pieces, but I'll bring a screwdriver in my coat pocket just in the off chance that I come across some unique knobs or pulls that I want to snag. And having this stash of hardware is super useful, especially for some of my custom projects that I've done lately for clients. We found some really cool vintage hardware in there that really matched the vibe of the makeover that we were doing perfectly and that we just wouldn't have been able to achieve the same look if we were using more modern new hardware. So it was great. Another hack for looking for curbside finds on garbage day is to look up your local garbage pickup calendar to find out what areas will have their garbage out on what day of the week. For ours here in Ottawa, you can do a search by postal code, I believe. So if you take a look on Google Maps at an area, you can drop a pin and see what the postal code is there and then look it up for which day that they'll have their garbage out. For some areas that are known to be a little bit more well off, this can be handy. Or you can just take a look around in your local neighborhood where you already know what the schedule is because you put your garbage out on that same day. Whatever works, get creative. It's always preferable to not have to pay for your pieces and also never really know what you will find or if you will even find anything. For this reason, it might not be worthwhile for some if you are already really tight on time day to day. But again, if you stack it with something that you're already doing, like going for a walk or walking the dog, it's a great way to integrate a quick search into your everyday routine. The second place you can look for free items is in your local Facebook groups. I'm not sure if they have this in your area, but there are many buy nothing groups on Facebook around me. So there's one overall for Ottawa and surrounding area. And then there's one for the end of the city that I'm in. And then there's another smaller one that's more specific to my neighborhood. So that's three presumably different places that I can keep an eye out for any free furniture that I could scoop up to refinish. And there's two different ways that you can use these groups. First, you can just keep an eye out when you get notifications that there's been new posts and see if anybody's posting about furniture that they're looking to get rid of. And or you can also make a post saying something like, hey, I do furniture refinishing and I'm always on the lookout for pieces that are still in great shape but could use a little love and a makeover. And if you're ever looking to get rid of a piece that is still functional but no longer works in your space and you're planning on putting it out on garbage day, I would love if you would send me a message first so I can hopefully save it from ending up in the landfill or something like that. 
I think if you do decide to post, it's important that you say something that lets people know that you're asking because you do it as a business and not just because you're somebody who is personally in need of a dresser or something like that. Just because, I don't know, transparency is just an important value of mine, but you do you, boo-boo. An added bonus of using these groups, especially when it's ones that are tailored to a smaller area closer to your home, is that it's just that, closer to your home closer in terms of distance to go and pick up. So depending on your approach, the time investment could be longer if you're just kind of monitoring the posts all of the time. But in terms of actually going to get the piece, it should be pretty quick and dirty and cheaper on gas if you've taken a look at gas prices lately. Also, what a great way to network by not only letting people know that you offer this service, but also you get to know your neighbors a bit. Win-win. The third way that you can acquire furniture pieces to refinish, which is also typically free, is through the three Fs, your friends, your family, and your followers. I guess this one does kind of depend on the type of relationship that you have with these people, but assuming that it is a positive one, this is a great way to source furniture pieces without much of a time investment at all, in my experience. Once you decide that refinishing or painting furniture is something you want to be doing more consistently or actively, just start talking about it. That's honestly basically it. Don't be annoying about it, but whenever it comes up organically in conversation, even with colleagues and things like that, you can mention it in passing, and if people are interested to learn more about it, they'll ask. And once you start letting it be known that you're doing this, people who are going to be getting rid of a dresser or something like that, and they're thinking of what to do with it, you'll come to mind, and they'll probably send you a message asking you if you're interested in it. Even if it's a piece that they're hoping to sell, and so they might not be looking to just give it to you, they will likely still send you a message to see if you want first dibs. Why? Because humans crave connection and familiarity. And also the people that love you want to support you and do what they can to help play a role in that. I also mentioned followers. So whether you have a social media presence specifically for your furniture refinishing, like I do on my Mel Did It Herself Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube accounts, or if you have your own personal accounts on platforms like this, you can still mention somehow either in your stories or in a post that you're taking on this new venture. And again, you'll come to mind when people have a piece that they're looking to get rid of. I have gotten plenty of messages from people who follow me, obviously only the ones who live in my city, but I have ended up with some amazing pieces as a result. And again, it's making that more personal connection with a follower that I maybe haven't personally chatted with before. Another thing that it can do when you mention you refinish furniture is either act as a reminder for someone that they have that piece of furniture sitting in the depths of their storage room or their garage that they had completely forgotten about that they had wanted to make over but never got around to doing. Or it might incite a thought for them that a piece that they have in their home that they've been considering replacing could actually be refinished, something that they might not have considered before. It's funny what kinds of connections the brain can start making, and you can't really predict where or when it will do so. So just as an overall rule, just start talking about it. And if you want to be more overt and forward, you can straight up ask your three Fs, friends, family, and followers, if they have any pieces that they're looking to get rid of because you're on the hunt for some new pieces to work on. From my perspective as the service provider, it is always extra special when I know that I'm getting to transform a piece of furniture for somebody that I know. And as I always do, I put so much love and care into the piece. It's always awesome to be able to see those pieces in their spaces once they're completed too, if I know the person. 
So let these people who care about you support you should they want to by offering you the pieces from their home that they're looking to get rid of. My rule of thumb is to always ask how much someone is looking to get rid of the piece for when they reach out and offer it because I never want to assume that they're willing to just give it to me for free. Although sometimes I am pleasantly surprised when they say that in fact they're just hoping that it can go to a good home and they aren't looking to get any money for it. Again, win-win. One thing I do want to caution you with this approach, though, is to assess what your sort of limits or expectations are when you take this route. Are you willing to take absolutely anything as long as it's free from somebody who offers? Only smaller items that would fit in your vehicle? But what if they offer to deliver it to you? What if it requires some major repairs? Basically, just set these kind of parameters from the beginning and then you'll have it as a roadmap for what to take and what to graciously say thank you but no thank you to. It also doesn't hurt to figure out how to politely say no in these situations, especially if you're someone who finds it hard to say no in your day-to-day life because you will feel inclined to take everything and then end up with an overfilled inventory that you find it hard to work through. Take it from me and my garage that I'm hardly able to maneuver my way through set the limits from the (laughs) get-go. The fourth place that you can look to in order to source furniture to refinish is on places like Facebook Marketplace or Kijiji or Craigslist and whatever other similar online marketplaces like that that exist. In these cases, you could also end up finding pieces that people are just giving away for free or they may be selling it for a price. Depending on the piece, if they are trying to sell it, you might be able to negotiate the price down a bit if you care to take the time to do a little back and forth messaging with the seller. So it doesn't hurt to try unless it's an item that like you need to have and you aren't willing to waste any time haggling in case somebody comes in and scoops it up in the meantime for full price. And now sometimes people have an item listed for a fairly high price. And when it's something that I can tell will require a fair bit of repairs or patchwork, sometimes I'm down to take on the challenge and I have the time to do it. And I'll message them and basically say that I do furniture refinishing and think that it's a beautiful piece and I'd love to give it a glow up. However, based on the damage, I know the time commitment that that will take. And in order to keep good profit margins, would they be willing to accept X amount? Some people just have an idea of what they think things should cost, regardless of outsider input, and you can kind of get a vibe when that's the case, and I won't waste my time trying to change their minds, but I find that the large majority of people have been willing to be at least a little bit flexible with me when I've taken this approach in the past. I don't actually know if it is the case, like I can't confirm it, but I'm assuming that they like the fact that someone who has a rough idea of what they're doing is wanting to take it and give it some new life because, you know, people get attached to their furniture and they want it to go to a good home and know that it's going to be well taken care of. And as somebody who has spent my fair share of time on these platforms, Facebook Marketplace primarily, I do have some strong feelings about what I think are best practices to follow when either buying or selling furniture on there, which I would be happy to do a whole episode on because, like I said, big feelings. If that's something that you would be interested in hearing, let me know and either send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email even. The fifth place that you can look to source furniture pieces is at thrift stores or other similar secondhand stores like the Habitat for Humanity Restore. 
From what I've gathered in seeing some of my furniture refinishing friends on Instagram hit up thrift stores in their areas, this option may be more or less of a viable and cost-effective option depending on the area that you live in. In my area, thrift store prices have definitely increased over the last couple of years, especially some certain ones, (laughs) Value Village, but you can still find some pretty reasonably priced pieces every now and then. Actually, the best ever, like looking back with rose-colored glasses, was when the first huge, seemingly never-ending pandemic lockdown in Ontario was lifted because the thrift stores were closed down for however long, a long time, and everybody was at home decluttering their homes. So when the thrift stores reopened, they were fucking stacked with way more things than they could fit out on their showroom floors. So everything was super reasonably priced, and I stocked up real good back then. But yeah, basically, just determine what price fits your definition of reasonably priced and stick within that. And it might sound like I go through my life with a lot of like limiting rules that I'm putting on myself. And honestly, I guess I kind of do. But here's why. It makes sense. There's a reason behind it. Because when you're in the moment and you find a cool piece that you're super pumped about taking on, you can get ahead of yourself sometimes and just be blinded by the find. It sounds dramatic, it really does, but you can absolutely get caught up in the moment and be willing to pay whatever and then get it home and have buyer's remorse and be like, why the hell did I think this was a good idea? Like it's going to require so much work or I paid too much or whatever, you know, the buyer's remorse might be about. So go into these situations with a framework and stick to it and you're less likely to find yourself in those types of situations. Like I said, it completely depends on your area, but my typical price limit is $50 for my pieces. I have paid a bit more on a couple of occasions, and for your area, that might seem incredibly low or incredibly high. I live in a big government city with a lot of people who get rid of nice furniture for fairly cheap, so I'm able to stick to that in my business, at this point in time at least. And if you're finding that the prices at your local thrift stores are getting a little bit steep, also be sure to look into whether they have any sort of loyalty program or coupons that they offer that you could use to get some money off of your order or your furniture that you find there. This could mean going on their website and looking around, maybe signing up for their online newsletter, or just asking an employee when you're there. It's all about being resourceful, my friend. And so some of my high-level advice for looking for furniture to source at these stores, these thrift stores, is to go early and go often because you never know when a new piece is going to be put out on the floor and you want to be there often so that you can scoop it up before other people do, basically. It can definitely be hit and miss and as a result, you might end up having some wasted time. But if you have any thrift stores that are near your house or ones that you pass by often, for example, when you're going to the grocery store or you know dropping the kids off at school and that kind of thing, if you have the added few minutes in your day, just stop and pop in for a minute on your way by. The hunt is part of the fun, so just enjoy it and don't turn it into something stressful and panic. It also doesn't hurt to be friendly with the staff at the thrift stores that you frequent. Because sometimes you can get some hot tips about either if there's a certain day that they're going to be putting out new inventory or if they happen to have a super cool piece in the back that they're putting out the next day or something like that. And let's be honest, one of the biggest benefits in getting your furniture pieces from the thrift store is that they usually have someone who can either help you load the piece into your vehicle or if you're lucky, they have two people who will just do it for you. And if you're stubborn like me and go to furniture pickup solo and wrestle humongous pieces into your vehicle on your own, on the regular, you know as well as I do that this is a luxury that is always welcomed when it's offered. 
The sixth place that you can search for furniture pieces to source is by looking at estate sales and auctions, either in person or online. I actually haven't ever tried this route myself, so I can't say a whole lot about it, but I do have furniture refinishing friends who have done this and had success with it. The benefit being that you can end up getting some really nice, really well-kept pieces that you might not have otherwise come across. And since it's pieces that were in somebody's home when they passed away, uh, typically, you know, they're in good condition and often antiques. In terms of pricing, from what I gather, it can be 50-50. The person running the sale, who's usually one of the deceased's children, uh, might either be wanting to get rid of the pieces ASAP and not care too much about how much they get for the items, or they could be really trying to get as much money as possible, which is totally understandable. I have come across a few estate sales that have been advertised on Facebook Marketplace, sort of in the way that a garage sale is advertised on there a few days before the date of the sale. And actually, now that I think of it, garage sales are something that I didn't mention, but also an amazing place to look for furniture to source. And since it's summer right now, this is the perfect time to keep a lookout for those on the weekends. But basically, I've seen estate sales advertised on Facebook and took a look at the photos of the items that they have. And if it looks like they have a few pieces I would be interested in, I'll send them a message and let them know the highest price that I would be willing to pay. And basically say, if it doesn't end up selling at the sale and they're looking to get rid of it, to contact me. You never know until you ask. And a couple little PSAs that I want to put out there before we wrap up here today. Number one, always make sure that you're keeping your safety in mind when you're sourcing furniture. You obviously hope that it's not something that you're ever going to have to worry about, but let's be real for a minute. I know that there's many ladies on here that are listening, and especially with things like Facebook Marketplace, people can see your picture, and they can have created fake accounts, and sometimes people are shitty. It's just the reality of life. So make sure that if you're meeting up with somebody to either buy or sell furniture, that you have your safety out top of mind. If you can, bring somebody with you to do the pickup. If not, I'll always make sure to send my husband a text with the address that I'm going to to pick up the piece. I'll send him a screenshot of the person's Facebook profile. Um, and if they gave me their cell number or any other like identifying information, I'll send that too. And I'll text him once I get the piece loaded and I'm on the way back home. Is it overkill? Maybe, but if I got kidnapped or some shit one day, I know that there are details that would be helpful to police. Maybe morbid, but, you know, better to be safe than sorry. Be safe out there, guys. <laughs> the second PSA is much lighter in nature, but just always be kind to people. It's nice to be nice, especially when interacting with people on the internet. It's so easy to have people's tone and their intention be misinterpreted. So as a rule of thumb, I just always assume positive intentions. If somebody you're messaging on Facebook Marketplace is being short and curt with you, they probably aren't trying to be rude and make you pissy. They might just type like that or be older and not be used to infusing a million smiley emojis into their writing like all of us anxious millennials do. If they're taking a while to reply to your message, they probably aren't trying to intentionally make you wait and trying to ruin your day, but they might just be at work and not be on their phone, or maybe they're running around after three little kids. Just always give people the benefit of the doubt. Again, it's nice to be nice, and if for whatever reason that isn't a good enough reason for you to do so, consider the fact that you never know who the person is on the other end of the chat conversation. They could be the one interviewing you next week, or be your partner's aunt that you've never met, or be someone that you could potentially make a really great business relationship with moving forward. So just remember that as you move forward in life. So now I want to know, where have you found the most success at acquiring furniture pieces to make over? 
I want to know, so head over to my Instagram at MelDidItHerself and find the tile with episode number five, How to Source Furniture Secondhand, and leave me a comment letting me know. I would also be interested in knowing if you have any particularly hilarious stories from sourcing furniture or maybe pickups or deliveries gone wrong. Or if you have any horror stories, let everybody know too so that we can spread awareness. We are all about sharing information that will make us all better at what we do. So I want to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. And something you might not know about me... I love little motivational messages. They literally always get me fired up and I keep a running list of those that are especially catchy or speak to me in the notes app on my phone. So I'm going to end every podcast episode with one of those that I've noted down over the years in hopes that you leave our time here each week feeling inspired, motivated, and ready to take on whatever comes your way this week. So this week's Mel's motivational message is from Martin Luther King Jr. And it is, you don't have to see the full staircase, just take the first step. This is a quote that I've held particularly close to my heart this week as I've been toying with a scary but exciting decision in my business that I am so excited to share with you guys in the near future. But just reminding myself that I don't need to know what the rest of the staircase looks like, where it leads, or even if it's the right staircase, but just trusting that taking that next right step will always lead me where I'm meant to go. So remember that as you go into this week, we only need to focus on the next right step. And don't bother stressing about the rest of the staircase at this point, because it's just wasted energy. And I know that you know what that next step is anyway. If you are enjoying the podcast so far, I would love it if you would head over to the podcast page on whatever platform that you're listening on today and leave me a review. You know I'd prefer a five star, but I'll leave that part up to you because that will just help get this pushed out to more people to discover organically and join us on this furniture refinishing ride. All right, that's it for now. I appreciate your time and I'll catch you guys next week.